Thank you, Deja, for uh, bringing us in with that lovely uh, uh, title card and music. I still love our elevator music, and I hope you all enjoy it, too. I am Will Fenton, the Director of Research and Public Programs at the Library Company of Philadelphia, which significantly is a Franklinian institution. We were founded by Franklin in 1731, and today we are an independent research library with specialization in all things early Americana, but also print and visual culture, women's history, African-American history in business and political economy. So um, we have these wonderful academic programs that are sustained by a network of now 1200 odd fellows have passed through our fellowship program and have helped us to sustain this weekly series, Fireside Chats, our weekly webinar series. Um, but this is a special webinar uh, because um, I'm actually bringing in somebody who's not a fellow. He's actually an educator uh, who's very excited about Franklin and thinking about Franklin in our contemporary moment. Our special guest tonight is uh, Chris Kunchio, uh, who is born and raised Philadelphian, uh, who has spent the last seven years teaching 12th grade English at Mastery Charter Lenfest in Old City. Over the same period, he has run a tour company where he's portrayed young Ben Franklin, the subject of tonight's talk. As the character, he produced a rap album. I mean, it's more than just an album, it's like 30 tracks, it's huge. That it's covers Ben Franklin's entire life. Is, is, is it more than 30 tracks? Uh, it's, yeah, we're looking at 34. 34 tracks. That's, that's at least a double, I would say. This right? is my opus. Yeah. So he has produced a rap opus. So think Hamilton Plus, right? A rap opus that covers Ben Franklin's entire life. He is currently trying to animate the album, which we're going to see a sneak preview of, and generate more entertaining content around American history and civics. Welcome, Chris. Thanks, Will. Um, hi, everybody. My name is, uh, has he, Will's kind of butchered. I'm Chris Kuncio. Right. <laughs> it's all right, dude. No, everybody messes it up. Um, I, like, like Will said before, I encourage, like, while we're having the conversation, if you have questions, um, comments, or like, you know, you just want to say that this is awesome, please share it on the chat in the uh, Q&A. Um, if you have criticisms, it doesn't, the Q&A does not work, you will not be able to uh, chat that. Um, but I really do want you to be able to um, ask any questions that you have as we go through. There's a lot of information here, and I could talk for days about Ben Franklin, so I really do want to encourage um, this to be a dialogue uh, beyond just me and Will. So yeah, definitely, definitely. So without talking for days about Ben Franklin, why Benjamin Franklin? Well, I think that um, everybody here who is probably logged into the library company is probably as big a history nerd as I am. Um, so you all know the answer, but the reality is like there, <laughs> it's not something that you can just like say in one sentence. Like the reality of America right here, right now, is that we are a country established on an idea. And the way that we look at our country, the way that we look at the foundations of our country, um, it's beyond just like a sense of patriotism. It's really a religion. And we really look at the founding fathers and, you know, we like refer all of the conflicts that we are dealing with in contemporary time to the, what the founding fathers would have said about that. Um, and so we're always kind of looking to these wise figures that we put in marble. And, you know, there's really two, when you're talking about founding fathers, you're talking about like really two big names. 
there's George Washington and there's Ben Franklin. And obviously we're Philly people, Ben Franklin reigns supreme. And he should, because when we're talking about, when you're talking about America and this American idea and this idea of the American exceptionalism and the spirit, the architect of that spirit is Ben Franklin. Like Ben Franklin created what this idea of what American is supposed to be. And what I mean by that is he was our spokesperson. He was our marketer. He was the one going out to the world saying, hi, I'm America. And basically like the way he promoted himself is how the rest of the world viewed America. And he, or like through all the different um, parts of his life, through the different writings that he had, through his autobiography, which is very much the first piece of American literature. Like it's an, an American story. It created what it is to be an American. And these values that are being debated over right now, like these these foundational pillars of our country of um, capitalism, religion, um, enlightenment thought, democracy, these were shaped by incidents, events, during Ben Franklin's life. And he, while he didn't write the Declaration of Independence or write the Constitution, he was incredibly instrumental in Mm -hmm. crafting that image of what it is to be an American. like more on top of that than anything else, you know, like, so on the, like, he's the most important, one of the most important founding fathers to know, other, like other than George Washington, or, you know, you can talk about Jefferson, you can talk about Adams, you can talk about, I guess now we have to talk about Hamilton, but like the reality is if you're talking about any of these, Ben Franklin was the most fun person to learn about. Like this guy had a personality. George Washington isn't like winning over crowds at a party, Ben Franklin, like has this great personality and this great wisdom that really makes him like a key person to un- or like just understand what it is to be an American. So, you know, that's, that's basically why I would say, oh, here we go. All right. Ben Powell. Yeah. Amen. <laughs> Absolutely. Ben Franklin. He's the shit. He's on the hundred dollar bill. Like, come on. And like, really when it comes down to it, despite all of that, we know nothing about Ben Franklin. Yes. Widely. That's true. Yeah. I mean, yeah. when I talk about Ben Franklin to my students or even to tourists, you know, the people who are coming to Old City to talk about or to learn about it, like I say, what do you know about Ben Franklin? And the response is electricity. It's that's it. It's not even like a full he he did this to electricity. It's just electricity. And so I okay, what did he do with electricity and then crickets? And so did he discover it? Did he invent it? Get a kite, you know. I mean, oh, you know, the kite and the kids, the thing, you know, electricity. It's like that's literally all they know about Ben Franklin. And I'm not just talking about tourists, I'm talking about Philadelphians. Like, I grew up in Philadelphia, I was born in the Pennsylvania hospital, Ben Franklin's hospital. Like, I was a history major in college, and it wasn't until I got on my first tour, which was like my first job out of college, that I realized I know nothing about him. And like, this was supposed to be my subject. And like, if someone who is so passionate about Philly, I mean, I got the skyline tattooed on my side, like literally, um, like Hmm. I knew nothing about such a key important figure and the rest of the country does not know about him either. And frankly, half of the country is manipulating and corrupting the values like that he's believed in Hmm. and like the ideas that he had for their own political gain. And it's just like, I really feel like Ben Franklin is like a really important figure that we all need to understand. At yeah, so, 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 so briefly, like, 
what are the sort of key Franklinian values that you think are particularly relevant right now? Like, what are the key Franklinian values that you want people to know about? Um, okay, so there is absolutely a sense of pick yourself up from by your bootstraps, like, you know, hard work, like you gotta, you gotta work hard, be industrious to become financially secure. Mm -hmm. But on the other, and so like, there is this idea of like individual responsibility, civic virtue, this idea of, you know, if you're going to be a, 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 or a member of a democracy, if you're going to be a valuable, like democratic citizen, there are virtues that you should be trying to live by not always successfully because mm -hmm. like let's be real like you know i i keep telling myself that i'm not going to bite my nails but like you know i was biting my nails before like like but like trying to like be virtuous like yep. these are, are like trying to be honorable like looking out for your well-being but also like understanding that there's a balance also with helping out the common good and yes. using resources for the common good yeah. And I think that what I see like a lot within the political discourse of our country right now is there's a lot of talking about the individual liberties and the individual values and not talking about like the idea of the responsibility of all of us for the common good. Yeah. yeah. And it's really key because there's also this idea of common sense, like depending on who's saying a quote, a Franklin quote, it's either like freedom fighter or oppressor. Mm -hmm. Like there is an, a common sense understanding that comes with Franklin. And I really believe that like the key value of Franklin is the golden rule. Like you take away everything else, treat others how you would want to be treated. And so like that, that's really where it comes or what it comes down to with Franklin. Mm -hmm. so, like that's really kind of key. Did that right. answer your question? I feel yeah, like yeah, absolutely. And I mean, I think one of the things that we at the library company are particularly attuned to as like sort of his first subscription experiment is really like aligning individual interests with collective good, with public good, you know? So it's like- It's a balance, yeah. It's a balance. And it's a balance whereby, you know, the library company benefited the community writ large, but it also benefited him and his colleagues, like the leather aprons that actually used it. A hundred percent, yeah. Like when I would give the tour, I would like talk about this idea of there is Ben Franklin, the demigod who we hold up on a pedestal. Yep. And then there's Ben Franklin, the person who knew that image was everything. And so he was absolutely like he wanted to help people, mm -hmm. but he always made sure that everybody knew that he wanted to help people because that made him look really good. Yep. And then people would be like, oh, I'm going to I'm going to. You know, I'm going to work with Franklin. I'm going to like, you know, I'm going to go to his shop. I'm going to buy stuff from him. I like Franklin. Like he, like he totally capitalized on it. Like he's yeah. not Jesus. He's not trying to be like, like completely like humble and all that. Like he wanted to capitalize on his well-intentioned spirit. Great. Great. So as we're thinking about Franklin's image, if I go around the library and I look at the images that we have of him, the bus, the paintings, it's Just all the library, like, not, not the city as, in a, as a whole. I don't go around the city, you know, oh, okay. I'm, I'm, no, of course I spent time around the city. In fact, I can't even get in the library right now, but I know I, I was just know where you're going with this. Go yeah. ahead. But, but if I were to walk around our library and I, and, and, and I were to look at depictions of Franklin, I would see Franklin as a middle aged or elderly man, a statesman, like a very accomplished gentleman. So why are you choosing to focus this on the young pre-gentleman, pre-statesman Franklin? 
that was such a scholarly way of saying old fat and bald <laughs> like let's be real like franklin does not like when we think of him he is a caricature like he's old he's fat he's bald um and there's a couple reasons why i focused on the young element first off growing up as a millennial in philadelphia like born and raised i was raised on frankly dated like renditions of philadelphia what philadelphia is the cheesesteak rocky liberty bell and old bald fat franklin and i'm just tired of the same stuff you know like that like if you notice nowadays uh like within media within movies within shows they're they're they're, they're moving beyond like the old shows so like star wars now they did the prequel you know, like they like start focusing on like different storylines around it because people are tired of the same things over and over. Mm -hmm. So everybody's tired of Ben Franklin. And I know that because no one knows anything about Ben Franklin. And frankly, no one gives a shit because like they're looking at this old bald fat guy and like nothing's appealing about him. So that like, I'm trying to bring sexy back to Franklin, I guess you could say. <laughs> but more importantly, and this is like the thing that really connects for me. When I see all these accomplishments, like scientist, inventor, statesman, diplomat, printer, writer, you know, yada, 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 like all these things. And I just imagine this old bald fat guy. It doesn't speak to me the way it does when I found out that he established the library company when he was 26 years old. Like there I've is something- So little with my life, you know? Oh, I'm 33. I'm like, what the hell am I doing? Yeah. Like, I know, like I'm, this dude's like way beyond me, but like that, like- Seeing that, like, from a very early age, he was accomplishing this stuff. Like, he set up the library when he was 26. He set up the fire company when he was 30. You know, he wrote that essay. He, like, ran his own print shop for a little bit in Boston, like, at the age of 16. Like, he set up the, like, the first satirical newspaper in the colonies, which is, like, the precursor to The Onion or The Daily Show. When he's 24, like, he created the Poor Richard's caricature, which became, like, this before he went off abroad, became the caricature of Americans. Like by the time he was 30, like this is a young guy who took his energy, took his frankly attention deficit disorder and like just really just went everywhere with it. And he just tried from a very early age to make a difference. And that spoke to me, particularly because at that time, at the age of 26, I was becoming a teacher. And he like, as a printer, like we think about Ben Franklin was never a president. Like Ben Franklin was a printer, but really what Ben Franklin was is he was an educator. Mm -hmm. He started that from a very early age. And so that spoke to me. That was very inspiring to me. That's great. That's great. So um, just a quick factoid dropped in by Christine. She writes, Franklin enjoyed eating popcorn, which I didn't know was even a thing in the 18th century, but that's great to know. Uh, he experimented with a vegetarian diet. As well, we that, 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 yeah, we do know. And yeah. then he also, then he smelled fried fish and said, fuck it. He swam. Uh, he swam unusual with a frog's feet attached. Is this, Two miles. Is this the flippers that you uh, wrote a song about? Yeah. It, oh, there's like, there's a debate about like when he actually did this because like the primary source is Ben Franklin, so which, <laughs> which is my favorite thing. Like he made his image, which is great. Well, um, and I mean, that's exactly what she writes at the end. She writes, he was a self-promoter, an inventor and a philosopher. I mean, that is the real Renaissance man there. That 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 combination. Yeah, Christine, you're just scratching the surface. Yeah, like he like literally did so much. But like the thing there is, I think the most humanizing part of it is the self promoter. Yeah, like he knew he was good. 
He knew he was doing good. And he also just knew how to make people like him. Yeah. Which was key. Yeah. Despite all of his uh, evocations of humility and how important that was, he still found a way to, uh, to, you know, brag a little bit, humble brag. Yeah. It's funny because like, as I started doing this, you know, like there's only so much that you can like tell about a person in history, you know, like you, you can see the letters, you can see like the biographies and all that, but there has to be like an element of in your interpretation for like the deeper part of him. And like a lot of, like one of the things that like got me started pretending to be Ben Franklin is that when I would give the tour and talk about Ben Franklin, people would be like, you know, you kind of seem like Ben Franklin. And because like, I kind of, I exude, I, like I come off with some confidence. I come off like, I can all come off very arrogant and cocky, but I also like, you know, I want to do good, but I also have a whole lot of self-doubt. And so mm-hmm. is it so wrong to imagine that maybe Ben Franklin, that was something that he was also battling with, like trying to navigate mm-hmm. between like doubting himself a lot and like then overhyping himself up and then becoming kind of cocky in the, pro- like it's, there's, it's very, it's a very human element to be fickle and hypocritical and be one thing in yes. one moment to one person and one thing to another. And so, yeah, I don't know why I took so personally the fact that you just said he was arrogant, but it meant it, I felt like you were talking about me. So I felt like I had to defend him. Of course, I wouldn't talk about you that way, Chris. But I mean, certainly, I think that what's fun about Franklin, reading him again and again against all of his other works, is that, 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 there, that there are these delightful incongruities. You know, he, mm-hmm. he talks about moderation and temperance. And, you know, yet we know that he enjoyed a drink. And as Will Jordan wrote in the Q&A, he also did have a reputation as a womanizer. And we know that... Uh, he certainly found a way to promote his own accomplishments, despite his own, you know, sort of uh, declarations about how important it was to be humble. Um, and I think that, you know, he, he, he's a person that, that feels human, right? Um, and, he's the most human of any of them. Yeah. Like, one of the things, George Washington, the reason that he seems so cold and austere is when he died, Martha burned a lot of their letters. That's right. Yeah. And so, like, we don't have an insight to him the way that we do with Franklin. And so mm-hmm. Franklin is... I mean, we have an insight to Adams and like, <laughs> all right, if you want to say that Adams is better than Franklin, go for it. I'm, I'm not about that. But like, like even like the, the womanizer, like that is honestly like when we talk about, when I say, what do you know about Franklin? Franklin, it's like electricity and women. Like the womanizer thing is the thing that stands out because sex sells. But like one of the reasons why the reputation is, or why that reputation has stood is because that was actually used as a political weapon um in the 17 early 1760s when he was running for office in pennsylvania and the fact that he had a uh or his first son william was out of wedlock they used that as an excuse to um or basically call him a lecher and just say that he was a womanizer Mm -hmm. and like i'm not gonna sit here and like spend too much time defending him and say oh no he was a virtuous person like i'm sure he he, like he had he admitted like he loved low women when he was a bachelor and when he was in france he had two mistresses at the same time mm-hmm. like as much as like you just gotta remember like the women loved him <laughs> like it's yeah he loved the women but they also loved him it was really it was fish in a barrel <laughs> like when That's you're exactly ben, what ben just wrote. <laughs> like it's fish in, like you're yeah, mr yeah. you're monsieur electrique like like he's ben franklin yeah it's yeah. like talking to, like i'm gonna be on the hundred dollar late or ladies like just hi but anyway I don't all right know. so let's let's 
let's talk concretely about what it is you're doing sure. with this young Ben Franklin. Because I mean, I I introduced to you on the mm-hmm. Star chat without any real descriptor, and I'm grateful that everybody just sort of went along with this. But I I wrote, like to talk Franklin. You know that you know like you were the creator of Young Ben Franklin. So what is Young Ben Franklin? So Young Ben Franklin is a, a larger concept um, around this idea. Let me. It'd probably be better for me to like share my screen. Show and, it, show uh, it, yeah. yeah. So there's a lot there. There's a lot of stuff, and to try and uh, just dive into one is kind of difficult. So let me just, if you, um, we're gonna be sending an email out later, and so you can see kind of, or go to my website. But the website is called franklinforprez.com. And so um, there's a lot of stuff here. So just so you understand a little bit about like my the trajectory of my uh, career, essentially. I started off by giving tours for the big bus company. You know, um, then started after I started doing bus tours, I started doing walking tours. And you know, just started developing my own kind of a style and became my own tour guide with it. Um, and it was like when I started doing a lot of research about Ben Franklin that I became really fascinated. You know, I've already talked about like the young Ben Franklin, like the appeal that is there, like the the young, funny, satire or satirist um, who's enjoying life. Um, and the first plan was actually to write a TV show. Um, you know, I had seen the Adams miniseries. I'd seen other time period pieces. Like time period pieces are like the thing. Like if you if you're fans of Outlander, I'm sure a lot of you are, um, because I am. So like if like you, th- just these time period pieces have become big. Like they've replaced zombies and vampire werewolf movies. Um, and so like I wanted to write this show. And so I became like I started really trying to uh, create a character. Franklin and I applied myself. I, I applied my own personality to it. And I thought a way to do that was I'd start giving a tour as myself, as Ben Franklin. Now, essentially, and so if we scroll down, first off, that is a animated rendition of me. Don't it look so great? Um, at, or yeah, so for, this is Franklin for president. So these are some of the uh, pictures of just me from my tours, like back in the day, like last year. Um, and I was, so I would just give walking tours. And the thing is like quickly what would happen is I started taking a skill that I had utilized in my classroom. Cause you have to remember like while the Franklin stuff is going on this has been like a project for more than seven years. It's been like almost 10 years but I've been a teacher in old city Philadelphia on the same block that Franklin's uh, print shop, his house is um, mm-hmm. in that same time. It's, it's like not fate. I, like, I don't know if I believe in fate but it's definitely weird that that like coincidentally worked out that way. But um, one of the things I would do with my students is I was a huge rap rap fan growing up. And so I would start incorporating rap into the classroom. Like I would either use uh, vocabulary words and turn them into raps uh, to help the students learn the vocab words, or I would just do um, rap summaries of chapters of books. So I like did a great like rap about the great, uh, the big party from the great Gatsby. Um, and also like I, like, I think one of the first things I did in like 2011 is I wrote a rap biography of George Washington. And I called it the dead president and it was to Jay-Z's dead presidents. And so what mm-hmm. ended up happening is I just realized, okay, I'm actually kind of good at this. Like it's not, it's not as hard as I thought, like in the, my kids were into it. And so what I did is I converted my uh, like just standard walking tour as Ben Franklin um, into a rap tour. And I'll have you know, let it be clear, this is before I knew anything about Hamilton. Like the first ideas came like 2013, 2014. Miranda stole this from you, huh? Yeah. I just want to be clear. Like, yeah, he oh. wins. He wins all that. But I didn't just like, hey, you know, he did it. 
So I'm going to do it. Now, that being said, like eventually I realized the success of it. And I'm like, maybe I can capitalize on this too. But like, I did have the same idea. So I created a tour company where I would give wraps um, during the tour. Cause it also made it easier for me to take this gigantic long story and or make it more concise and consolidate it into a fun and engaging way. So I wrote these wraps for it. And so that became uh, my tour company, the Philly OG, which stands for a Philly official guide, but <laughs> play on words, very Franklin. Um, and so as I started giving these tours as Ben Franklin, I also started playing the or playing with the idea of what if Ben Franklin were actually alive now? Like say he came back to life thanks to impossible science. You know, I mean, if they can bring dinosaurs back, they can bring Ben Franklin back. And so I started like playing with this idea of, okay, I have this story of Ben Franklin, you know, from his original life. But what if I like, what if I were Ben Franklin and I came back to life? Would I be getting into science stuff? Absolutely not. Like, we, we always overextend Ben Franklin on that. Like, Ben Franklin died two, 20 years before the bike was invented. Like, we, like, his inventions included taking two pairs of glasses and putting them next to each other. Like, or the lightning rod, a giant needle. Like, I, he's not exactly the most, like, mechanical of uh, inventors and all that. He was just really clever. But, like, so he, science would be out. So what would Ben Franklin probably do if he came back to life, complete culture shock and all that? Well, he'd probably start giving tours, telling people about his life, because that's literally the only thing that he can do. And so I, like, I, start, I started just kind of like building from there. And so I started writing out ideas of what, what else would Ben Franklin do? Well, he'd probably realize that no one can read the autobiography that he wrote because no one writes like that anymore. The use of the semicolon back then is just absurd. You see full sentences that are written at paragraph length. And so Ben Franklin would be like, or would figure, maybe I should translate this into modern English. And so actually I spent um, 10 months, uh, a couple years ago, rewriting the autobiography of Ben Franklin in his own words. And so actually, if you, like, if you were to click here, I gave the first couple chapter examples that I did, but I am actually gonna end up go back, going back and doing another edit of it. But you can get an idea of where I'm going with this. So you're, you're translating autobiography into like modern English then? I'm doing that, and what I'm adding to it also is his other writings. And so oh, cool. it's going to be the autobiography of Ben Franklin, but it's also going to be an edited version of him as Silence Do Good, him as Poor Richard, um, a couple of his other essays, um, and then also a couple other writings that I did. Because one of the things, like when Ben Franklin taught himself how to write, he did so by basically rewriting, paraphrasing, texts that were in his brother's print shop. And so that would be Plutarch's Lives or Aristotle's Poetics or mm -hmm. um, the po uh, political writings of the English Enlightenment. And so I'm gonna incorporate a couple of those where I think it's uh, like, you know, sprinkling them in to season it up. But really just, I'm, I'm trying to make a modern autobiography that really could like speak to audiences nowadays in a way that the, the format back then just would not. So. Um, this is a long-term project that I'm still working on, but you can get a feel of kind of where I'm going with that. I also wrote some just thoughts and writings about Ben, like what Ben Franklin would be thinking now. Mm -hmm. um, mostly are satirical, you know, like, but also there, are, I am trying to tap into his spirit a little bit. Um, you know, I get political as well. Like I am, like I am a liberal English teacher teaching in inner city Philadelphia. I have very, very clear political leanings. 
um, and strong opinions about it. And so I think Ben Franklin would as well if he was go experiencing the same stuff I was as a high school teacher. Mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, like I, I get into some political stuff, but I also have fun. Like, I think Ben Franklin would be absolutely making a campaign right now that America's team is not the Dallas Cowboys, but rather the Philadelphia 76ers. I'm just going to let that sit there. Mm -hmm. So if you're curious, you're going to have to read more about that. But my logic actually makes a whole lot of sense. Well, except the 76ers would be called like the pigeons, right? Why? Didn't, 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 didn't he like pigeons? No, it was turkeys, turkeys, the Philadelphia turkeys. Okay. I'm going to have to stop the share here really quick. <laughs> let me clarify something about yeah. that. Please do. He was joking. <laughs> like. He? Yes, he was joking. Like, all right, if you're thinking about seriously what Ben Franklin would think America's animal is, it would absolutely be the rattlesnake. Like, there's he used because of the joint or die thing. Because of the joint or die thing, but because like that was that was like the American animal. He used that essay as a, or he wrote an essay when uh, Great Britain was trying to send convicts over. When our Great Britain was trying to send convicts over to uh, the colonies, he's like, okay, we'll take your conflict convicts, but you're going to take our rattlesnakes. Like the rattlesnake was very, like he was very connected with this rattlesnake. And so I feel like he would absolutely be pit or pitching for the rattlesnake as the nation's animal. The turkey, like he was older, he was having fun with it. Like it was at the same time that he was writing to the Belgian so uh, Society of Scientists that hey, you guys aren't doing any good for science, so why don't you just learn how to make farts smell better? Like, he, that's literally, like, he was getting eccentric with his time. He was having fun with life. He was enjoying the fact that he was Ben Franklin. But, but young Ben Franklin would take it more seriously, is what you're saying. Oh, no, are you kidding me? I don't, get, I don't really care if people think that Cowboys <laughs> are America's team. But, like, I do think that there would be an argument to be made that the 76ers are, in fact, America's team more uh -huh. than the Cowboys. All right, um, let's let's uh, let's uh, make moving. sure that we uh, touch upon all the high points here because we yeah we still haven't gotten to your magnum opus yeah so yeah I'll just I'll pick up speed so um yeah so I had done writings I also I'm working on a curriculum to connect like there's a lot of um, fun stuff that I've done because I'm not a history teacher I'm an English teacher and so I've been approaching this whole story of Ben Franklin also from the idea of how to tell a story. Um, and so like, there's a lot of fun stuff that I've done in class that I'm trying to then connect with the Franklin uh, stuff. Um, Is that a turkey I see? Well, like he's gonna own it at this point. I'm just being clear. Okay, all right. Humans, humans, they, you know, we can be hypocritical. We got like different like facets of our lives. Contains multitudes, I guess. Exactly, yeah. compartmentalized. But anyway, um, also like, so but, like the first attempt that I had of actually doing Franklin stuff, um, like using hip hop was actually the mixtape, the Franklin mixtape that I have right here. And so um, what I actually had done is I recorded some of my vocab raps because you have to understand that some of my vocab raps actually became, uh, it became a competition with other students who would write vocab raps. And it, sometimes it got kind of heated, not like, like heated, heated, but like we were, we were having fun with each other. You know, they would you know, call me by my first name. I would say, this is why your grades are bad. Like we'd have fun, like, but like, um, so I made this whole mixtape and I, we're gonna play a song later, I believe. Um, but really the, it, this all kind of led to, I wanted to make a one man show after, or for my tour. And what very qu quickly happened is I took so much of my talking parts of the tour and turned it into my hip hop, um, be frankly corrected and amended. And so, um, 
I initially re released it um, in 2019 and I quickly, not quickly, but like, I didn't know how to market it. Like I was just like the fact that I was the, me as a teacher, sorry, my dog was barking upstairs. The fact that me as a teacher was able to like create this album, I was pretty proud of it. But yeah, I like, no one's going to listen to just a 30 track album immediately. So I've gone about re-releasing it. And one of the things I've done is that I've decided to, I want to animate it basically make it a new like uh schoolhouse rock essentially for the new generation so um wilsh is this a good time for me to play the first song i think it's absolutely essential yeah i've been talking for so long we might as well take a break so ladies Let's and gentlemen this, break. this is the first song from my track or from the album um i do if you have questions about the song i do encourage you to um just write out the questions in the q a we um i'm gonna play a couple songs from the album just so you can get a feel for it um it, it goes hard I'm not gonna lie like it like I when I I am not Hamilton like hip-hop but really Broadway musical meets hip-hop I am Ben Franklin this is a Philly rap album Daisy yeah exactly so let me just I gotta stop my share really quick so I can make sure that I'm sharing the volume all right sharing computer sound um all right Will can I just get a thumbs up if you can hear it Will do torn out and stripped of its lettering and gilding. It lies here, food for worms. But a work shall not wholly be lost, for it will, as he believed, appear once more in a new and more perfect edition, corrected and amended by the author. He was born on January 6, 1706. Died April 17, 1790. Resurrected in 2019. I'm America's Aristotle, my logic rivals the Bible. Philly's philosophical, Americano model, second coming of the grandfather. Here's my tabernacle, I'm holding all the power, everybody's golden idol. My followers, the fathers, 56 disciples, got a posse of apostles, and my title runs for miles. I'm a printer, a writer, diplomatically delightful, inventor, leader, educator, everybody. Smile, sharper than a knife, I sharpen minds like a file. The doctor's got a scalpel, open minds, I'll make you mindful. Chosen one, I'll pour that pure cure from my vial, it's that good stuff Lightning in the motherfucking bottle It's chosen by the gods It's the hour of my arrival The free world's on fire, Lady Liberty's defiled I'll revive my book, an autobiographical revival Recite a dissertation on why I'm a demigod, bro Do you have it? Did I go too fast? Do you have it? Did I go too fast? I'm Benjamin Franklin, I'm back from the past About to show you how to make a legacy last as we begin our story, the first thing is to forget everything you think you know about me. Forget the stale image you have of me. Understand, my amazing exploits began at a very young age. I mean, this is why I'm great. I just have to say, I was an old, bald, and fat always. See, back in the day, I was real athletic. A chalk white ginger, yep, I was red-headed. I'd fight the apprentices of other tradesmen and knock them when they're down on the ground as an exclamation point. See this point, young Ben, such a prodigy. Top-notch scholarly, gosh, pops proud of me. Skipping grades quick, I put a clinic on these fools. I'm so hot, ha, ha, get me to the pool. I learned how to swim, taught the styles to myself. Hell, I invented swimming flippers when I was 
dollars, 12 straight facts. I saw ducks paddling with web feet, made wooden paddles for my hands. Neat technique, simple thing, my design's so plain, yet I'm in the International Swimming Hall of Fame. Dang. And that's why I'm great. Well, at least one way. Man, I love the sense of humor. It's just great. And yeah, um, I mean, you gotta, you gotta stop. You can't have the, or you can't do it without a sense of humor. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, so like, you you end with the 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 flippers, uh, which is a great thing that I actually didn't know about. Um, how did you choose the details that you wanted to, to to sort of push to the front in that song? Uh, so technically, so. Those are actually, when I started it, they're actually two different songs. Hmm. Um, the first one is actually, like, if you remember, there is that epitaph on the, um, what are the, I can't think of the word, the tombstone, yeah. um, which was an epitaph that he wrote when he was 24 years old. Like, and so, like, it was very prophetic, like, that one day he would come back. Um, is, that like, when, when, is that the one in, in, that he, he cites in autobiography and he talks about himself as a text? Yeah. That's that's the one. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I stay very true to Franklin with this. Um, but yeah. like the idea is that I was trying to like, I'm the album is a very linear trajectory of his life. And so, you know, I have to introduce like both of those part are actually part of a larger series called Demigod where that beat I used multiple times as like, while a lot of the songs in the album are chapters or episodes of his life that like talk on various different parts of it. Um, it always kind of comes back to this analysis, which is just following his trajectory from uh, like a prodigy, which is that second verse mm -hmm. to a legend, which is the last song in the entire album. But that first verse is it really like the introduction, like I am a demigod. I, I like am the demigod. I am the guy. And so this is my, this is the trajectory of my life. And so um, I'm going to play another song momentarily from this part because the full album is not out on Spotify. It's not out um, streaming because I, you know, from marketing purposes, no one is going to listen to a 32 track album. Um, I broke it down to four parts and each of the parts uh, follow a specific theme. And so the first part is following uh, like each of these themes connect to one of those pillars I talked about before that he represents. So um, democracy, enlightenment, thought, uh, capitalism, religion. And this first one really focuses on religion and his issues with religion, his battling, um, trying to understand his own faith, trying to figure out like where he belongs with all of it, his constant um, aggravation from religious authorities trying to impose their beliefs on him or on him. And so he are like the correlation is what he is establishing that he is this demigod figure in America's religion mm -hmm. and then spends the rest of the album making fun of hardcore zealots who do not question religion and criticizing like people who blindly follow religion. And so there's supposed to be a parallel there that I hopefully people will get, but I'm going to explain to you guys right now. So. <laughs> yeah, no, there's there's um, in volume one, which is heretic, mm -hmm. you even have a, like a track that basically explains his deism, which I think is great. I mean, I can't imagine. Oh, yeah. Well, that is so that you guys like you have to understand, like Ben Franklin is like the perfect like 
with all due respect to Lin-Manuel because like Hamilton is a masterpiece. Hamilton is a like beautiful piece of art. Um, and as like Lin-Manuel explained it that like he thought that Hamilton was a pure embodiment of hip hop. I would respectfully disagree and say that Ben Franklin is actually an even purer representation of rap, which is actually, I think, the purest representation of what America actually is. Mm-hmm. And so like the song about deism, I basically, or it's called um, The Thesis. Yep. Yeah, there's the Drake reference, like the motto. But mm-hmm. like, um, as opposed to YOLO, which is you only live once, it's Guap, which is God wants us partying. And I basically used his um, essay, what was it? Um, treatise on, or the dissertation on necessity, um, pleasure and pain. There, it's such a long-winded uh, title. Uh, but it was a treatise that he wrote at the age of 19, just talking about like deism and how essentially, because everything that we do is what God intended, really everything we do, even if it's bad, is God's intent. So is there really a, such a thing as sin? I don't think so. So really God wants us to party because pleasure, it's all about pleasure. That's a very, for all of you Franklin people, I know that's a little bit more complicated from that. But like, if I'm trying to market this, I'm keeping it simple. And I think that, like, I, I think I tell a very good story with it. Like I try to, I try to find that balance of telling a good story, blending it with his writings and his theories to make a very, poignant i mean most of my songs have a purpose and can be connected to events that are going on in in the country nowadays Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah so let's let's hear another track from that heretic volume um and i want to sort of play to the home team here we have a lot of philadelphians on oh hell yeah i was gonna i was gonna play no matter what let's do it philly the quaker city you know like let's uh let's uh, talk about the holy experiment yeah so um as i set it up ladies and gentlemen i just want to give you a little bit of background um, me being a big hometown Philadelphian, uh, I feel like we are missing an anthem in the city. We don't have an anthem. And I got really, I had a problem specifically with uh, Hamilton. Like my only beef with it is they just made it seem like New York was like where everything was. Like in New York, you can be a new man. I'm just like, oh, shut up. And so I needed to like, I wanted to make a response. And so I wrote a song um, called Lib City, but I broke it down into two parts. Um, The first part is in this album. The second part is at the Revolutionary Declaration of Independence time. Hmm. Um, And that's that's the banger. That's like when the 76ers decide that I would make a great mascot. Like that's the song that we're gonna play. But um, this is, this is- If I I, you prefer to play the banger, I, I think we're all ready to go with you. I mean, Oh no! This one, this one's shorter. This this one's the, I mean, this is still a banger. Um, in fact, I used like I tried to um give a a little nod to Meek Mill, um, who wrote who like spits in a more rapid fire lyrics lyrical style. Philadelphian rapper. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. I forget. I forgot that it's I'm not like things, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I feel like yeah. Okay. Meek Mill is like the is the Philly rapper now, like that everybody knows, and like he has a more rapid fire, and so I tried to match that with this song, which is called Holy Experiment. All right, so Lib City Part One, The Experiment. These are all on YouTube, by the way. Can you hear it? Let me know. I am so Oh, it's in a commercial, but no. I mean, I'm excited for Mortal Kombat. 
I couldn't leave Boston fast enough. I hate the gross abuses of power by the clergy who are desperately trying to maintain their authority. Plus, the Puritans believe you're most likely destined for hell, which is really stupid. I found greener pastures in Quaker Philadelphia. What is up? Throw your motherfucking hands up. Philly, Philly. It's our damn anthem. Now throw the bottles up. We'll hold it down. Liberty said to USA's hometown. Philly, Philly. that boat I see vice in the street. I'm liking this scene. Markers are steaming with bars and harlots and all types of diversity. Holy experiment invented by William Penn, our imminent friend. It was claimed he was the greatest lawgiver that God ever graced to man. Jefferson said it. I really came in and vibed with him. I'd ride with him. I tried to find a philosophy of my own life, then get mine aligned with his. Born into wealth, wasn't for him. Joined the religious society of friends. Age of 20, daddy was pissed. Hated hippie, dippy, pacifist. This activist was cast into prison. He screamed, I dream to be religiously free. Kicked out of England, the king in a colony all up across the sea. Called it Philadelphia, brotherly love in Greek. Decreed that all religions could come and worship independently. Big on equality, believe that faith with God should be between her and me. The tolerance and quality are less realistic and more of a dream. Different religions share in innovation and their creativity. As well as their bias, their fear, their prejudice, and their hate, it would seem. Well, that's the way that the cookie crumbles. Every time we take a step forward, we then stumble. But growth is all about bruises and bumps, bro. Push back, pendulum swings will grow some more. And Philly, Philly. Well, I think this is the first time we've uh, played a Philadelphia anthem on Fireside Chats. That people don't even realize is an anthem yet. Like, you guys are getting it exclusively. Like, look, I, I know that, like, I'm obviously going to, like, feel very strongly about my work. But, like, I am very proud of how, like, this music came out. Like, there was, like, multiple people that helped me, like, produce the music and all that. And so I'm very happy with the beats. Like, the beats yeah, make so, everything. Like, Talk to me about how you do this because you have a day job and then you're doing like a million things through young Ben yeah. Franklin. How are you producing these tracks at such like a high production value? Um, fortunately, within the digital realm, like there are many like producers, uh, musicians who like dabble with it. And I was fortunate enough to find um, somebody who was able to take kind of my vision. So like, with, like when I like came up with the music, the idea was Imagine if Rick Ross produced Lame is Rob. Like that's how I kind of went about it. Like I like I like was big on trap rap. And so, you know, as I'm listening to like Rick Ross Pandora or like other like like whatever like songs I'm trying to like feel connected with, um, I will normally listen to like I'll find a beat, you know, like I'll have a you know be a couple drinks in, like, you know, let the artistic juices flow. And um, normally like an idea just kind of comes to me. And so what I'll normally do is, excuse me, write like based off that instrumental with the instrumental mm -hmm. to that song and then uh, like build off of it. 
And so, but then like, like, so I'll, like, I'll go to the producer and say, I want the bass line. Like I want those, like the 808s, the, the beats, the drums to match this rap song. And I want the melody to be similar to this song. So if you noticed at the beginning of uh, Lib City, there was the dun 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 That's Master of the House from Lame as Rob. Like, and so I like dropped little things like that in a lot of the songs. Like the Demigod, that was, I took Montana 300, who is like a very, very heavy duty gangster rap. Like I took, I listened to a couple of his songs. And I added that, that to Mozart's uh, Requiem. Hmm. And so like, I, like, but like, you know, you got to mix it up a little bit to make it a little bit different and all that. But that's how the, that's how they kind of come together. And then fortunately for me, this producer was able to, you know, make like magic out of it. And like, so I'm like, I'm beyond ecstatic with how the music kind of came out. What a great producer. Yeah, it was awesome. And he's also an educator. He's, I think now up in uh, Boston. That's cool. He, yeah, so he's in Philly. Let's let's sort of bring this full circle. Mm-hmm. You your day job is you're an English teacher, twelfth graders, not yep. an easy crowd. How are they responding to this? Um. So one thing that you know, like I know that like the movie version of this would be that I won them over and they all did it. Like they they think that like it's fire. Like they like will sit say yo that's that's hard that's awesome, but I haven't been able to. You know, part of it is I'm still like a little self-conscious with it. And so all it takes is one person to be like, I don't want to listen to this. Because like literally you have to understand the thing about students and teenagers. You, they will sit there and say, oh, we're watching a movie again. Like no matter what you put in front of them, they're going to be bored with it. And so like they, they know that I can spit. They know that like they love like when I like roll it out occasionally and all that sort of stuff. I haven't been able to um, incorporate a full less or like unit plan with it yet. So that is a plan down the line, but they like the kids love it. The kids like, like I have a very good uh, relationship with my students in general, but as an English teacher, I it's, I'm not able to like, we have a curriculum that we work through um, and I don't have much time to be able to put this in. And so mm-hmm. this, like I, I'm able to put it in occasionally as like a Friday lesson. Yeah. But to be completely honest, like this last year, I haven't put any of it in. Mm-hmm. And that's more of a testament to um, my own hesitation based on my realism. The last year has been a lot with the pandemic, but also with George Floyd and my own realization of complicity within you know, the white supremacist structures of society. And... I had to do my own soul searching within myself, but also recognize that maybe I should, like I had to like have conversations, uncomfortable conversations with you know, fellow educators of color about whether or not I should even be rapping about a man who did ins- own enslaved people for 20 years. Yep. We always love to just skip over that and talk about how he was an abolitionist. But there is a very real conversation to be had about the fact that I am taking a music form that has become very much a part of Black culture and incorporate and using that to rap about somebody that like was part of establishing the white supremacist structures that society is still struggling to break away from today. And so 
I needed to like this past year has not only been me doing soul searching about myself, but like doing much more research about like where did Franklin stand? How do I or like what how did Franklin evolve? Because he did evolve. And I think that like now I I feel much more in a position that I can not defend because I'm never going to defend it, but also but rationalize why I think that this figure, this man who was racist, who was so prejudiced because he was raised in a society that was like that, who but he eventually was able to adapt or read, reflect and change. So he wasn't able to accomplish much at the end of his life, but that evolution and that change, I think, is a model that society needs to be able to view and emulate nowadays. Yeah, yeah. But like, yeah. as a, but for my students, like, you know, I had an uncomfortable conversation with them last year about it, and they got it. Like after, like, but like, it was, it was an uncomfortable conversation. You know, like they are like asking, why did you do this? Like, why would you incorporate him? Like, cause I, at the very, the last um, volume of my album, like I start really connecting and talking about those elements and like the realizations that he was having at the end of his life. Like I really, I like, I wanna be very clear that like I, I take a lot of, like, while this is a very silly project, I take like it very seriously because I think that it's incredibly important to understanding our country. And so like, I do take a lot of time um, to dive into that at the end. But you know, at the early part of his life, he was just worrying about like becoming successful. And so he wasn't thinking about those oppressions that he was being involved in. Mm -hmm. um, and so, yeah, it's been, it's been an evolution. And I like, I look forward to continuing my conversations and collaborations with, you know, teachers of color so that I can put something in front of, in front of my students that is culturally responsible. Because there are a lot of conversations that can ha be had even about like, should a white guy be rapping about this? Like mm -hmm. my response is, well, it depends. Are they like, like I, I'm trying to do it for good, but like, you know, there's gonna be people out there who is no matter what are going to be offended by this. And it's just like one of those things that I have to really think about um, and take seriously mm -hmm. as I like continue with this project. Yeah, so it sounds like we have this really privileged spot here in the audience of hearing you sort of working through this reflective process it's hard it's very hard yeah and i'm just curious to know like what parts of this you know wide-ranging project that you've outlined for us are you like most clear-sighted about where you're going to go next like the parts of this project that you want to carry forward right now well just for the sheer what i know is the most sellable is the album and I want to animate the album. Like I think that mm -hmm. animating this album and having my curriculum or having a curriculum to go along with it is something that like, I mean, you all saw it. Like I, I hope that you found it somewhat uh, entertaining and engaging. Like it's something that you could be watching with your kids. It could be something that you're like, oh, I've had a couple of drinks. Let me watch something silly. This is awesome. Like, but like it also be something that you'd watch in the classroom. Mm -hmm. And by animating this album, I'm able to make it more accessible, more visible to more people and providing a curriculum that can have guiding questions that can like have reflective thoughts to go with it. That's, um, that's, that's like the most immediate, but like, I mean, it, like that, the, and that's obviously the thing that's going to pop the most. Cause like rapping Ben Franklin, like once you get past the initial, Oh God, another one, like, and you actually listen to it, like there's going to be interest. Yeah. I, I like to think so at least. And so I'm putting my eggs right now in that basket 
And then hopefully, you know, I can raise, like I've already there. I mean, like I said, I, I wrote the first, I wrote th three season story arc and also the first three episodes of a TV show. You know, I already rewrote the autobiography. I just need to go back and edit it. Um, I already have plans for another album, Ben Franklin, of Ben Franklin, focusing specifically on uh, 1787 and the Constitutional Convention, but also the collaborations with Richard Allen and Absalom Jones to make the Free African Society. Like mm -hmm. there's, there's, and like, it just, it opens the door to my just general or hip hop education. Like I wanna raise, uh, like I wanna create a, an engaging and different approach to civics education as well, because I think that there is a huge dearth right now of just like good common sense, like education, even if it's something as simple as just like learning how to like see through manipulative news, like right. seeing through the bias, like, like there's, there's so much there. And I'm, it's, it's hard right now for me because I have that full, I have a full-time teaching job. You know, I live, I have a two-year-old baby. Um, but like the goal is to like be able to make a living out of this so that I can, you know, focus on these projects full time and really like get them into fruition. Well, I certainly appreciate you sharing this with us. This has been a totally atypical in the best sort of way of uh, fireside chat. I've really enjoyed chatting with you. And I see from some of the, 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 the comments here that others have enjoyed it too. So thank you so much, Chris. I really do appreciate you sort of letting us into this process and sharing something that's very clearly a labor of love. I appreciate it. And I really, like, I, I hope that um, you all like take, a time, take the time Reach out um, if you're interested in learning more about it. Um, I am still trying to, you know, raise awareness to this. And so I'm glad that you, my fellow nerds, um, were able to enjoy and appreciate it too. All right. Well, thank you all for joining us on this Thursday night. And thank you most of all, Chris, for sharing this project with us. Thank Have you. a great night.